Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of Jacked Radio. This is something I've been wanting to do for a long time, and after working out the technical aspects of recording a podcast, I've finally come round to doing that. So, before we get started, I wanted to share the goal of this podcast with everyone, in that I believe that health is a multifaceted thing. It's not just one-dimensional, and in looking into the stories of people that I know through connections and friends and even people I follow, the things that I want to share cover all of that from mental well-being to physical well-being to your own fitness and health goals, even to spirituality. Exploring all of those things is really important for me because that's what makes up this big picture of health for all of us. So on that note, I'm really excited to share this episode with you. My friend Morgan has a fantastic page called Hunt the Good Project, and I think you should all go and follow it. We get into talking about all sorts, about mental health and well-being in this conversation, and it was really nice to catch up with Morgan because she's been doing loads and loads of cool stuff. So please give it a like, give it a share, give it a review. I'd really appreciate all of that. And let's go on this journey of multifaceted health exploration together. Here is Morgan with episode one of Jacked Radio. So, going back five years now, when yeah. we first started hanging out, you were five years. I know it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, so you 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 had been a PT for a while, I think, when we'd first met, or or had you just become a PT? We just just started out when we started the gym, yeah. Cool. We started out, yeah. Um, and obviously, you're in a kind of different place now mm. uh, in what you're doing. Um, so. Just kind of like walk me through a bit of what took you from being the PT in Newcastle to going travelling and then doing loads of different things out in Australia uh, and then coming back to Newcastle after that. What was the kind of the journey for you? Um, I know that's a massive question. It's a massive ask. question. I'll try and keep it concise. But um, I guess being a PT, the thought was how can I make people feel better? And want to be active because I'd always getting like a lot of, I don't know, a lot from exercise rather than you know looking good, just feeling good generally or socialized through exercise. And then when I started the gym, I was like, you know, this would be awesome to make it my own job, be self-employed. And it got to a point where I was just interviewing people, doing consultations, just being like, you know, do, do you suffer from anxiety, mental health? And every answer was yes. And I was just like, this is strange because why would you want to put yourself through pain? If you're already in mental pain, why would you want to come to the gym and work on yourself if you're not feeling that great? And then that kind of came to a point where I just thought, I'm not really seeing myself or what I do as a priority. And so I kind of just put a grenade into my life and moved to Australia. You know, I broke up with <laughs> nice. my partner. Um, I had a you know a really, really good business that I really cherished and really good clients and a good you know social scene with that. And I just kind of got rid of all of that because I needed change and I needed a bit of something more than just, oh, I'm just going to, you know, leisurely transition into something. So I went to Australia and worked with my friend Hannah, who has a outdoor fitness uh, brand called Park Sweat, and that was really cool. But I still wasn't getting that fire. I wasn't getting anything from it. It just felt like a job, and I was like, surely you're self-employed because it's interesting rather than just going to work, and I wanted something more from it. And then always was that aspect of mental health, and I think... You know, even before I started as a PT, 
I've always been interested in, you know, like, how are you? What are you up to? And I'm quite a curious person. And I think from there, just spending that time, a lot of time, you know, I was working in a vineyard in Australia, just a lot of time to think. And I just thought, well, it's time to make that shift. And I spoke to some people about counselling and then moved back and I thought, I need to change something. And then that's kind of when uh, Hunt the Good Project was born, really. Okay. So, yeah. So, how long has that been going now then, Hunt the Good Project? So, that is that was a year in August. And I think I called it a project because I don't really know where it's going to go. I had my first event in October and it was received really well. Okay. And just kind of delivering that was... You know, sometimes, I don't know, people listening or whatever, or, or yourself, if you del deliver events, sometimes you feel like that you're there, but you're not really there, and then you accept it afterwards. But mm -hmm. when I was in there, I just thought, I'm meant to be doing this. And I've never really had that feeling ever. It felt like, you know, the jigsaw piece was finally in place, mm -hmm. and it just felt incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. So what was the event that you did? So the event was called um, Rewiring the Brain for Good. And the kind of blurb on Eventbrite and stuff was just basically saying, hey, I've you know, had experience anxiety, loneliness, depression. These are the tools and things that I've used. These are the things that I've used to kind of give myself feedback, like a therapist might, to try and work on myself. Because I guess, this, this, you know, the same as PT, you can go in with a session for you for one hour, but if you're not looking at, you know, your sleep, your water, your training, all that kind of stuff, yeah. then there's things that you can do as well. So it's just like, we're gonna have some coffee, cake, you're gonna meet some friends, and. If nothing else, you're part of a community, and so that was just a series of disc, uh, different tasks. Uh, we had like a silent disco to kind of practice courage, being a bit awkward. You know, you're not drunk, and you're just with some strangers that you met, and it was really organic the way it worked. So we had like this uh, long table, and at the beginning, everyone was just like really quiet, like oh hi hi. And my partner Luke, he was just like oh Morgan, maybe you should like maybe help people connect, and I was just like nah, just giving people space, yeah, let them yeah. be awkward because. Even that is part of what Hunt the Good is. Just not trying to like fix and fill and trying to be something. It's just letting it be awkward and that was okay too. So that ran for two and a half hours and the feedback I got was really good and I'm gonna be running that again um, at the beginning of February. Awesome. So the same one again, so hopefully people come along. So, yeah. so is that the kind of style of disco everyone gets headphones? And just goes wild for it. Yeah, so you just bring your own headphones, your own music, and tell anyone, but I was like, please bring this and do that. And yeah, they just kind of went for it. And I worked for a company, Lululemon, in Australia, and I asked if I could run one of their team meetings, and the theme was courage. And I just think for me, I dance in the supermarket, I dance all the time for me. Mm -hmm. Dancing is just a way for you to be yourself, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. And I think with some people it's actually quite, oh my God, I'm, I'm being seen. And mm. I think being seen is actually quite difficult. And some people really enjoyed it. There was this one woman, the feedback she gave, she was like, I'm always so responsible. And she was just like, to be dancing with strangers on a Sunday afternoon felt very silly. Yeah. So yeah. That's cool. awesome. Yeah. So it's quite quite a, a nice way for people to kind of get out and let go of the normal and just experience something new. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's it. Just like having conversations like I did an, another sort of task and not to share too much in case anyone wants to come along but um, a, a speed dating which I called real talk so I had all of the questions I had a set time and I had 14 people around the table and I just said I'm going to ask you questions you're going to get a minute and as soon as I say time you have to end the conversation there so 
one of the questions was what keeps you up at night and so you're sat across from someone you know that you've got a minute so it's like that pressure removes any thinking and you can't edit anything you just have to go oh i'm talking to someone and then you can't politely end the conversation it's just like this keeps me up at night oh my god see ya and everyone give really good feedback about that because they were like oh when this person came in they seemed so confident but actually they're going through the same stuff as me and it's not to be i guess seeking reassurance that other people are having a bad time but just to know that everyone's going through similar things and no one has it all figured out which i yeah. think is really helpful i think that's really cool and you know one of the things that you said there that it's not it's not about stopping feeling a certain way it's about almost understanding that feeling and you know like letting it happen definitely and being okay with that and and learning more about how to deal with those things too I think that's awesome definitely and so alongside the good project and kind of hand in hand I've been doing the counseling course of course and we have these sessions where I am the client, the counsellor and the observer so we have like a triad to practice our skills if that okay. makes sense yeah yeah so there was a session where I was the counsellor I was working with a woman and the observer was the tutor so we had an assignment based on that and then it switched around and I was the client and what I normally do which I haven't realised is I go on with the problem that I've already solved because with the good project it makes me quite aware self-aware of what I'm doing and I went in with a problem that made me instantly cry my face off in front of a room of you know 15 people and when I was talking about it we kind of finished and wrapped everything up and my counsellor just went Morgan maybe this is it like you can't fix you can't change there's nothing more that you can get from this problem this is it and I was just like yeah but that's a hard pill to swallow that I have to accept this situation with a a relationship a family relationship it's like I have to accept that and I was like oh no one's actually said that to me Mm -hmm. everyone's kind of oh maybe you can try this or try this just like Morgan this is it and from the moment she said going back to what you said about acceptance from the moment she said that I just thought that relationship is now developed literally within, I don't know, within a week. Mm. It's changed because I've stopped fighting to make it more than it actually is and it, it accepted that it's never going to be the relationship that I want. It's just what it is. So that was really powerful, that kind of thing of acceptance. That's incredible. Yeah, it was and huge. Do you find a lot of the stuff that you've done, you know, with um, your training and counselling, yeah. a lot of the experiences that you go through there, does that help with the stuff that you're doing with in Hunt the Good as well? Definitely, I think that's it, because I, I think what I don't want Hunt the Good to be is that I know it all, because mm-hmm. I don't, and the reason I'm doing counselling is because I want to know more, but I want people to understand that I just want to provide a space for people to understand and grow, and with the posts that I put out daily, I really like to think about those things. Counselling has made me shift and change and think about it, so my own personal experience, I like to share that. And then I'll get direct messages saying, hey, that post you said about this, you know, made me think about my relationship with my mum, or I really needed to hear that today. And for me, that's such a win to have such a real connection through social media that gets a bad rep, that it's all fake. Yeah. And to have someone say that, and then actually that person directly came to the workshop and then spoke about more things and and together, it just makes it feel real because I think I've always wanted to do you know without giving it the name of the good project I've always been interested in that making mm-hmm. people feel good included uh, understood heard and having conversations in real time rather than saying hey I did this today I did that today it's like 
let's talk together and like let's talk openly and honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And what are some of the challenges you faced with with starting and running Huntley Good Project? Obviously it's been going for over a year now. Yeah. Um what are some of the main challenges you've you've kind of come up against with it? Mm, challenge. So challenges I think I think the biggest challenge is me standing in my own way. Mm. Like not I think stepping into your I guess potential is very a very vulnerable place to be because I know who I am, my close friends know who I am and I, I see myself as kind of messy, fun but always ready to learn something new and it's not polished and I think often especially comparing yourself to other people you think oh well they're polished, they've got this, that and the other but a lot of the stuff I was seeing was very inauthentic and I'm just like how can I be authentic online but still play the game to reach a wider audience. So I think, yeah, a mixture of not wanting to appear fake and just believing in myself. And that kind of sounds cliche, but it's just like, well, what you want to do is actually, it's actually speaking to people and people are listening to that and it's yeah. touching them in a way. Um, so I think those two things really, not wanting to be fake and just kind of another like oh my god self-care do my 12-week program and you know you fix yeah just wanting to be like this is a project it will change based on the needs of the people that interact with it mm -hmm. so so that mostly yeah and do you think that's has that helped you help other people who are perhaps standing in their own way and in, in either a similar regard or with something else yeah definitely i think you know even the conversations that i have on a one-on-one -on -one basis, like it was with a friend the other day, and she was like, oh, you know, I should, I should get this coffee. She had a beer, she was like, I should get this coffee. And I was like, should? I was like, why should you get a coffee? Do you want a beer? She's like, yeah. I was like, well, what's the problem with getting a beer? Yeah. And I think even on like a low level thing like that, just always kind of being in that area of speaking true and honestly and with people and just trying to, because it is me, Hunt the Good Project is me, even though you have to slap a brand on it so people yeah. can attach to it, but it's just me, you know, so. And it, it sounds like it's, you know, part of that is also learning to give yourself permission to do things. Definitely, yeah. And I think there's so many questions I like to ask, again on Instagram, I like to ask people questions because it's just having a little think and even if, even if someone just, you know, reads a question or a task, like every day it'll just be a different task or question or, a poll or something and so many people won't allow themselves to do things based on opinions of others or judgment or shame or all those kinds of things and say like, oh well, I should be doing this and you know I should be doing that just like well maybe you need a week off to just relax and be yourself because you spent so much time playing a role of who you're supposed to be that you don't know who you actually are because you try to like cut that out or like cookie cutter it so you're a perfect person and I just don't think we're not like I think I read this in a book by Osho we're not coffee tables like we don't end we're moving and changing mm. and you know three months from now you might have had a breakup or you might have started a new job or you might have moved away and that change is going to affect your brain and your body and your mind and all those sorts of things so by stopping who you are or like trying to be someone, you go from, I guess this is a bit longer, but in counseling we've been talking about the ideal self and the real self. And so you might be like, oh, I want to be this great business owner, this, that, and the other. But really you're here and you're like, okay, well I'm doing this, that, and the other, I'm working a part-time job, I'm trying to make it this. 
and you just strive for this all the time and it's like well why don't you just accept where you are and who you are and then make smaller steps towards that or maybe the ideal self is way out and you can never be that so i found that those kinds of conversations really interesting yeah. as well so it's it's about helping people understand it's a an evolutionary process rather than an end point of a and b and i think that's Definitely. Uh, you know, it's really refreshing to hear with there being so much stuff like this is a 12 week, you do it and then it's done and, yeah. you know, we're fixed. We're fixed, we're um, great, oh my god, it's really balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just make sure they're purple and covered in like coconut shavings. Yeah, oh my sorts. god, and then you've just got your life absolutely yeah. hacked and, and then you can go on. Yeah, you can move to Bali. Might as well just die, because yeah. like you've completed life, just die and then you're done. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think, I think it's really cool that that is... You know, that's such a big focus of what you do is understanding and uh, accepting that things do change as you go forward and that that's fine. And it, it sometimes can be a bit scary until you kind of say it, you know, a bit like yeah. your experience with, um, you know, accepting how things are. Yeah. Then it almost kind of helps you give yourself permission to start either making some changes or kind of sitting back and going, actually, you know, like this is okay right now. Yeah, exactly. So what are some of the highlights that you've had so far with Hunt the Goods? Well... I guess one of them, oh, there's been a few actually, one of them was definitely working with, I don't know if you know a guy called Ashley Willerton. Uh, I've come across him on Instagram before, he does some incredible painting oh and like graphics. Such a legend. The yeah. guy is actually a very lovely human, just a really, a bit like yourself Jack, just very calm, knows what he wants but just just a, a nice person to be around and generally quite considered and interested in, in what people are up to. and. When I came back from Australia, the obviously the theme for the Good Project is to help people, but it's also to highlight businesses that I, like local businesses that I enjoy, because the second aim of the Good Project is to do that, because I think Newcastle really thrives on people doing stuff, like really cool stuff, on their own, rather than big chains and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And so I messaged him, and we had some coffees, and just chatting, and I was just like, Ash, would you be able to do my logo? Um, I said, I really like your style and I like the element of it having, you know, like really quite like fluid and cursive and then project being quite structured just for that balance of the two. And so we went off, like three days later, we've done some different bits and bobs and he just said, oh, what do you think about this? And I was like, nailed it, nailed the brief. Within like a second, I was like, all right, legend. And so what he done is he painted it then scanned it. And so he has had the original, so it has all the original brush strokes in it. Wicked. And he sent me the original and he donated that to the cause. He was like, I love what you're doing. It's just like, and I was just like, are you kidding me? You know, he's, he's worked for some incredible people and, you know, all over the world. He's just awesome guy. So that was definitely a highlight. Wicked. What a guy. Shout well, out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Massive shout out. Um, I also know a, a guy called Alfie Joey. I used to work at the Stan Comedy Club mm -hmm. and he's a comedian and he works for BBC Newcastle and he likes my posts on Instagram and he's always commenting different things and he um, asked me if I wanted to go to BBC Newcastle oh, so I did this thing um, with them and I talked about the Good Project but the tasks that I do on Instagram you know like you'll think about this today or try this today he said would you do that for our first in the series of like you know I think it was called like Mindful Mondays so That's I started good. that, and the week after, I think there was a Newcastle footballer, but I had to start that, so I did that in Newcastle, uh, BBC Newcastle, and that was so much fun. That's awesome. Just to be part of that, and because I'm such a morning person, when I got there, these people had been up for five hours, and they were full beans, and yeah. I was like, good morning! 
like, I want to work here, this is so cool, everyone's so happy, and it's like, you know, 7 a.m. or whatever. I wonder how much coffee they drink there. Oh man, so much. Yeah. I think Alfie said he gets up at like 3 in the morning. Wow. Yeah, yeah this that's... is like still the night, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not even morning yet. Yeah. And then a third highlight, definitely workshop, to yeah. see it. To kind of think about all the things that I enjoy and a good friend of mine, Han, who lives from Sydney, every time we're hiking, we're talking about these kinds of things and then to put it into practice and share that with people who have never done anything like that before and see how well it was received. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. And that was at the journey as well, wasn't it? The journey, it? yeah. And that's another business that I, I really want to support as well because they, since half cafe and was half uh, Recycle Bike, yeah. Recycle Bike's left, and so they've got the whole space now. Oh, so it's cool. really cool to go from like written work to you know working on your own and working together, and then you know silent disco and different tasks that I had there. And like I said, it's there's so many cafes and a lot of competition within Newcastle. They're doing great things and they want to do more great things. Yeah. So it was really good to have that there as well. That's and great. the next one will be there, and a few other. Uh, collaborations with Ash and some other people will be there as well. Wicked. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Yeah. And I saw that, was it someone you were supporting who does a supper club as well? Yeah, yeah. so she actually works there and um, she has Iranian heritage and she does, she's had maybe three supper clubs now. Mm -hmm. And it works really well and we've been chatting and I think the reason you pick a supper club over just going to a restaurant is because of that element of community. Yeah. And so even if you don't, you don't talk about mental health. You sitting with people you don't know when you can't like you have a conversation. And yeah. Social communication is you know directly correlated to well being. Mm -hmm. So even if you just chat with someone, it's like oh that was nice, and they said this and chat about that, and I ate some good food. So she, yeah. her next um, her next super club is in November, and I think she'll do some more in the future. Wicked. Yeah. That sounds class. Yeah. So a lot of it's kind of you know it does revolve around this human connection that mm. you know that we all really share yeah definitely so I think what is the problem is because social media does get a bad rep but it's dep it depends what we feed into it and how we put our vote there if we're mm -hmm. liking things that don't really make sense to us or we're following you know body images or life goals or whatever then we're feeding into it but by connecting to people on a human level, but then also connecting in real life on a human level. We can keep that connection there rather than just being exhausted, overworked, and thinking that mental health is indulgent. Yeah. But it operates in everything we do from the moment we wake up, even through sleep. Mm -hmm. How your mind is working is how you will not perform, maybe performance not the right word, but kind of show up in the day. Yeah. And if that's not right, nothing else can be right. And that's in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, no, I I completely agree with you as well. And I think it's um, interestingly on the the note of social media, it's something that I I spoke about with one of my mentors today about not scrolling mindlessly. Mm -hmm. So he asked me to find out how much time in a week I spent on Instagram, man. and it was scary. It's nine and a half hours a week. Oh man! And I was like, I don't even know what I've been doing for nine and a half yeah. hours a week. And he was like, Well, look, you're on it for work. Mm. But what what else are you doing? Yeah. You just we just consume and consume and consume mm. without being kind of pausing to think, what am I doing here and why am I doing it and am I actually engaging with it? And, I and think is it intentional? Like if you're intending to say, I'm just going to scroll mindlessly for half an hour. Yeah. Maybe that would feel better because mm. you're taking ownership of your intentions. Absolutely. And if you're not, then you just kind of like I feel like when you don't 
if you make, I read this in a book somewhere, if you, you make it an agreement with yourself and if you constantly keep missing that agreement, so the agreement is, oh, I'm not going to scroll Instagram mm -hmm. and you do it, then you're constantly breaking those agreements with yeah. yourself and that directly links with self-esteem. Yeah. So you're just like, I, I have no willpower is what yeah. effectively what you're saying. But if you're just like, I want to just scroll down and see on Instagram mm -hmm. because I want to look at some dogs. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> yeah. like, if that's what you need out of your day, then fine. But if you're not aware of what you're doing, I think yeah. that's when the problem kind of comes in. I think that idea of it, making an agreement with yourself is, you know, that can be really powerful. Mm. And so I, I got first introduced to that by a client that I was training a couple of years ago yeah. who was a young lad and just out of nowhere came out with this and he'd made great progress and a lot of it he just decided that um, he was going to make changes by himself and we, we'd spoke yeah. about it very briefly yeah. and all of a sudden he just started making phenomenal progress and I was like what what's wow. changed and he went I just decided to make agreements with myself so my past self so yesterday, yeah. promised today's self that I would do something. Yeah. And if I don't do it, then I'm breaking a promise to myself. Yeah. So the whole thing became less about um, moving away mm -hmm. and became more about moving towards, which I think That's was a really, really interesting change that, that kind of came about. And I think you know, people can apply the same thing with social media, that mm -hmm. maybe we start seeing it like we should interact with social media like we interact with human beings. That if we do it more mindfully, we get so much more out of it. Totally, and I think that's it, because there's obviously certain algorithms, certain things you can do, and you can you know, have like an absolute Instagram banner, and this, that, and the other, and when I started the Instagram for the good, I was like, well, first of all, I like images, I like captions, I like you know, sitting on the morning, having a cup of tea, when no one else is awake, and thinking about you know, what is ever has popped into my brain, but if you scroll down at the bottom of the Good Project, the tiles are different, the way the grid set up is all very different, but it's still there because I just think I'm, it's a project, I want to see how it develops, yeah. and I'm just guessing, you know, I'm like, we'll try these hashtags, will this reach that audience, will that do that, and that organic growth means that the people who interact with the page mm -hmm. will directly connect if there's an event or a workshop or whatever, so it's not just, you know, like, a thousand followers or like you know a hundred thousand followers mm -hmm. but no real connection yeah yeah i think that's that's a, a really important way to see it yeah and obviously i imagine everyone appreciates the pictures of bobby every now and again oh yeah man she's the best dog sometimes <laughs> you gotta because even putting those in it's just like here's a picture of a dog so if you don't read the caption enjoy yeah. the picture of the dog she's adorable she's adorable <laughs> so you don't have to read it but look at the dog and even yeah. just saying that and i was talking to some some girlfriends earlier today about body confidence and I think some images on the internet are just like oh I'm just you know looking out to see and it's just like why don't you just put I look absolutely class today yeah. dot do you know what I mean at least that would be real I'd just be like yeah you do mate come on yeah and I think just that realness and not this kind of like oh my god my life is so whimsical it's just like say you look hot and then here's a high five and yeah. at least you know where you're at we know where you're at and I think it's just about like ripping that kind of curtain open a little bit more and just seeing what's actually there. Yeah, just yeah. sort of owning it a bit more. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um, so, obviously this has been going for a year now for mm -hmm. you. What are some things that you think people could do to start hunting the good a bit more often on a day-to-day -day basis? Great question. Let's think. I think for me, uh, a way, because hunt the good is kind of a skill to develop positive emotion, it's a, an army resilience tool and it's actively looking for the good that's in your life mm -hmm. rather than always thinking there could be more and for me 
exercise has always been one it makes me feel good it's social so again if if there's anything tied in with that because some people feel a bit shameful around exercise all that kind of stuff it's like well how can you make it make sense for you even if you're doing it for your mental health it doesn't have to be about anything else just about getting active in that way so that is definitely one um nature i think physical space we generally you know if you office work you sat down all day you're in um, artificial lighting all that kind of stuff being in physical space is going to give you that mental space as well because you see nature and things kind of flood in and there's a, a task or, or a thing that me and a friend have done just called two minutes of silence and when you're in a beautiful space or a space that's open just sit there and I think it's been really helpful if you struggle with meditation just to sit there because you don't actually you don't notice what's there until you sit in silence without your phone without anything else and you start looking around and then you'll see a bird floating you'll hear a stream and so many things these senses pick up so many things and it's very calming and you're just sitting there in silence and not for any particular reason because we're always doing it's always like i could be doing this that and the other okay i'm tired i'm clean i'm productive i'm this that and the other so i think it's about trying to connect that you're a human being not a human doing you're you're trying to be you're always trying to be something, but you know what you is is enough, mm-hmm. and and how you're enjoying life. You, you're here to enjoy it rather than just be a successful human. Yeah, it's just like how can you enjoy nature and take that time? And obviously, you have Arthur hang around with dogs. Yes, I do. They're you great. know, and there's you know, you can if you're arty, you go arty. If you're dancing, dancing. If you know that you become a complete idiot when you're drunk, and you keep repeating that cycle: coffee all week, booze all weekend, coffee all week. It's like even if there's that element of awareness on those kinds of things, mm-hmm. then that's a way to hunt the good as well, even though you're not physically or you're not changing anything. Yeah. You're just looking at what you're getting up to mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh yeah, I'll definitely do that for you. You know, I'm going to oblige all the time. And then you realise, I'm exhausted because you just want to appear like you're a good person. It's like, well, why don't you just sit back and think and just go, no, I can't do that for you today. Yeah. And then just, so those are loads of different types of ways. So kind of ownership actively doing things that make you feel good and just creating more positive connections and habits maybe. Wicked. I think yeah. that's great. Yeah. And do you still keep your kind of like hand in the PT world at all or is, is you just fully away from it? I'm fully away from it. I think I never, you know, there's this thing, imposter syndrome. Mm. I, almost, I always felt like an imposter Yeah. because I think I was always like cheekily behind being you know, I'm going to make you feel awesome. And it was never really, I'm like, I know how to do the, you know, reps and sets and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And obviously there's, you know, more science and I've had my hand out for so long now. And I love the work that you do and friends do who are talking about real issues around training and what you're doing it for. And I'm really smart with training, but I just never, I don't know. I think I just never, it was never really like juicy. I want to wake yeah. up at three in the morning and think, Ooh, you know, what about that? But with, with the good, I'm just like, sometimes I wake up and look at what you're doing. I'm like, what about this? Yeah. If it, like, if you know David Goggins, yeah, it's just like yeah. waking his wife up at three in the morning, just like, come on, yeah. go for a run. And, and it just, it runs through my body, yeah. you know, all the time. And if I was to do anything else, you know, like this little voice would be like, Morgan, counseling, <laughs> therapy, helping people. So I did love PT and, it, you know, connected me with some beautiful people, but yeah. I just don't think it was ever really me. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're like the David Goggins of the mindfulness. Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> yes, stay hard. 
<laughs> yeah, what you want to start doing next is just yeah. doing chin-ups in all your videos oh, and shouting definitely. at the camera. That's yeah. probably a real good vibe to yeah. go. I don't know if you saw recently you did this run, um, the Moab 240. Oh, the one where he pulled out and then finished it. Yeah, and he's just like, they don't know me, they don't know me. I was like, I'm legend. Have you read his book? I read, so I read the book um, a friend of mine gave me, it was the, not the book, his, what was it, I'm, what's it called? Um, Can't Hurt Me. Can't Hurt yeah. Me, it's the other book where there's <clears throat> this guy who's like a music mogul who's doing this 100 mile relay race right. and he sees Goggins and Goggins has just got like a pair of shorts on a hat, t-shirt, some water and crackers and he's about to do this solo and the whole time like the guy, like Goggins has just got his eyes down and this guy's like, Gatorade, we've got tape, this, that, and the other, and he gets Goggins to live with him for a month. Holy crap, it's such a funny book. And what's it called? I don't know what it's called, actually. I've got a PDF of it, but right. I could send you it if I find it. But Very it's good. so funny, and it's just about you know, he gets this guy to sit in a chair, he gets mm. him to like sit in a chair instead of going to sleep. He's like, You can sleep in the chair, this bed is too comfortable. And he's like, Sleeping with his wife, and he's like, it's time to wake up, never ever. Do you know what I mean? And he's just like pulls them out of bed and they're just like running, you know, freezing cold and yeah. he gets them to do like a thousand pull ups or something like ridiculous. Wow. So yeah, it's a funny book. Yeah. But I started reading this other book and I I found it quite confronting and I felt like I got the essence of what Goggins was getting at in the yeah. other book. Yeah. So, yeah. I think if you if you know his character at all, you can get it right from the off. Yeah. Um, and in fact, if anyone's read Ant Middleton's book, First Man In, yeah. it's almost the same kind of process through the yeah. book, which I thought was really interesting that they're two guys on two different continents, but both have been in the Special Forces. Yeah. Obviously, they're both kind of personalities now, and mm-hmm. um, they have a very similar message in what they do, which I guess is quite a hard line, um, perhaps a hard line version of mindfulness, uh, where they're still practicing it. Um, but it is from a you know a very different kind of context where they're coming from. Um, so I wanted to pick up on one thing that you said there mm-hmm. about um, obviously you know, you know you're not doing any PT anymore because yeah. it's not a you know it what didn't ever feel as as kind of that you were sinking your teeth into it like you are now with yeah. Hunt the Good. Mm-hmm. Um, so was it kind of a moving away motivation from PT or was it a moving towards motivation towards Hunt the Good? Because I think a lot of people do sometimes have this um, almost like juxtaposition of where they are in their life where they might want to either move away from something but don't know where they want to go or Mm want to move towards something but don't accept where they are right now and what they want to move away from. I think for me Jeff it's always been it's always been there I remember some my work history is hilarious like I we're gonna have to talk about it now yeah yeah it's very hilarious (laughs) so you know I went to did my A-levels, went to university, was really interested in the prison system, crime, why people commit crime, and so I did criminology, forensic science, and then was lucky enough to work in Durham Prison in the psychology department. Wow. What was that like? That was, it was very, very confronting, and there's no, there's no Xboxes and all that kind of stuff, it's actually really grim to see, you know, I think there's maybe like 40 people in the whole prison estate, and at the time I studied like 85,000 people that will never leave the prison system right. and all of these other people will leave at some point and it just felt like a, a stewing pod for bad habits and yeah. creating more crime and so that was really interesting and I tried for quite a while to get into different avenues of the criminal justice system from police to loads of different stuff and when I uh, qualified 
I um, there was a recruitment freeze in the whole of the criminal justice system. And that was when actually my depression and anxiety came on and I was just like, look, I said, oh, I'll try this and I'll go for this interview. And, you know, so many people were trying to apply for jobs who had like, you know, four or five years of experience. I was just going yeah. fresh out of uni with this, you know, a year of working in the prison. And so at that point, I just thought I need to do something for myself, which was probably the first time I you know, did that switch around like I did with, with PT. And so I became a tour guide. And again, I think the ethos through all of it has been like, just want to help people and bring yeah. people together. Like the prison system is something we put so much money into, but it's just like, we're not really solving anything. Because if they go in and then they leave, it's like, well, it's hard enough to get a job if you don't have a criminal record. But yeah. now if you do, then it's just adding to the problem. Tour guiding was just a way for me to see the world, explore and take myself out of comfort zone and like prior to that, I wouldn't even call for a taxi, and then next minute I'm on a coach, like going, Welcome to France, and there's like 50 people on the coach, and I'm like, Oh god, that was huge. Um, but it definitely, because at the time when I was a tour guide, I was taking beta blockers, I wanted okay. to see the doctors, yeah. and I was getting so um, anxious that I was passing out, and I didn't want to take antidepressants, I just think for me, changing the chemicals in your brain just didn't, didn't agree with me, so they just said, Well, these beta blockers will slow your heart down. I don't know why I thought this was a great idea. And so you won't, you know, have those physiological feelings of, of passing out. And mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, so went and did that and it was strange because as soon as I started doing this talking and kind of like being a bit more courageous, I didn't need the tablets anymore. Yeah. Which was really strange and to have that experience was really cool. Um, and so then after that, what did I do after that? That's when I trained to be a PT because I put a lot of weight on being a tour guide, getting boost and, and eating a lot. And then, but I think the theme to answer your question is always being helping people yeah. and being interested in like, oh, hey, and everyone would call me Mama Morgs when I was a tour guide. I'm like, come on, we get this sorted and just be like, you know, where you're at, what's happening? Um, and I've always thought, oh, maybe I'll just be a PT and do like mind, body, soul. And just like, there's something just not right. Yeah. I, don't, I feel like I'm just hanging on to this because it seems like a legitimate thing where if I really just sat with myself, it's like you want to be a counsellor and you want to create these groups that you've wanted to do forever, just really do it. Yeah. And so kind of hunting the good through hunting the good, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, that's really interesting to hear how your, your own story of, you know, experiencing things that were difficult um, be that in working in the prison system or you know feeling so anxious you were going to pass out but overcoming those things is almost like mini evolutions along the way Definitely. so that your kind of story to where you are now almost reflects kind of I guess the maybe part of the message that you that you're getting across that you know we do evolve and it is you know it's kind of normal to, to change over our lifetimes um, and you know, this is how you can you can do it in a way that actually fits your life. That's it. Cause I, I was me and my sister were sending each other voice notes all the time. I like sending voice notes because sometimes you can't call people. But it's like, are you willing and are you playing the victim? And I think for a long time I was playing the victim, just yeah. like I'm sad because of this and this, and and you just think, well, yeah, some really terrible, crappy things happen to people. But then you've got a choice of. Are you going to continue this path or are you going to use that thing a bit like Goggins mm. that broke you open? You know, he had a really abusive father. Yeah. And instead of just being a poopy pants, as he said, he's used it to be, you know, a person that inspires so many people yeah. and he can do incredible things with his body because of his own mental armor. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, like we said before, it's like, even if you do six counseling sessions, you do all the things that you need, if you're not putting in the work and you're not willing to put in the work or, you know, catch yourself when you're doing things that really don't help you out, then how are you going to make change? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where, um, like, where and where the Good Project started and what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's like you doing what you can yeah. and not thinking that there's a final solution. I think we just like, all right, we'll just put that in a box, it's all done, and it's always going to be something that you're going to have to work on. And I think an acceptance of that is like, oh, well, that's good, because then you know where you're at and you know it's not just a tick box. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a really, um, you know, really powerful message that mm. we're not just things that are meant to be put in a box and it's, you know, closed and done. Mm, you know, yeah. it is always... It is always evolving, and it is a is a process and a journey, I guess. Um, so, what's what's next for you with Hunt the Good Project? So next, um, I think sometimes I get really excited, start something, especially with music, like, oh, do this, this, that, and the other, and then they end up. It could be a green screen of anything, and you just kind of like filling your time with lots of work and you're not really there, like you're never really there. And I think with the Good Project, I've decided to slow down a little bit, but start to put things in the works for next year. Yeah. So for me, I just want to coast at the end of the year and mm-hmm. enjoy my time, social time, and every interaction I have, book I read, you know, moment with a stranger, and it all, it all feeds in, it's always there. But I guess leading into next year, I um, was just at a place called Broom Bike today on uh, uh, Yes, I go in there quite a lot. Yeah, yeah it's great coffee and yeah. it's amazing space. And obviously Alison, um, a good friend of ours, mm-hmm. she used to own that place. And I wanted to start um, a book club. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of talking about books and I'm always reading something. And the idea that everyone buys a book seems wasteful, but I have a stack of books that I've read and some of the tools from the books I've used or, you know, spoken to friends about. And I was like, well, what What if I did a Hunt the Good Project book club where, you know, we talk about the books and I'm like, these, you know, this is the, I guess, the juicy bits of the book. Yeah. Let's look at them and how can we apply them? Um, cake, coffee, that kind of situation. And then, um, like I said before, another rewiring the brain for good. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned before, Ash. He and I are going to do an event on journaling. He's going to do the creative calligraphy side. I'm going to do the journaling side. Okay. Hopefully, we'll we've got some friends who have just started Mexican vegan tapas kind oh, of food awesome. things. So they're going to get involved. So we're getting highlighting businesses. Class. My sister is uh, hunt the good, I guess, in a massive way. She was working for a corporate business, mm-hmm. and now she's flipped that on its head, lost 35 kilos in weight, and now is a you know she's. Uh, trained to be a PT and you know is a fully fully qualified nutritionist. That's awesome. Um, so we're going to talk about food behaviours mm-hmm. um, and obviously she can give practical tools, but just about how you see yourself, how you see your body, like what is your motivation to train, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So those are the things in the pipeline. But again, I'm cool. just one woman with a part time job and a thirst for lots of knowledge, and it's just kind of doing what I can. But not thinking that it should be any more. Yeah. Because even that is something good for me, just not getting too excited like the golden retrievers that we you know. Um, and just kind of just chilling out and being like, yeah. that's enough, Morgan. Just enjoy that. Like you've put on an event within a year, and you know, for some people that's a long time, but for me it's just like that was beautiful. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things that come good. up. No, it's really good to see you um, you know, running with it so well and yeah. you know, it's, it seems to have really taken off in the year. 
Um, so it's, it's, it's awesome to see how it's, how it's developing. And I'm excited to see what happens next year. Yeah, well. yeah me too. <laughs> and on the note of books, yes. something I wanted to ask you just to finish on today. Mm-hmm. Is there something you're reading right now that you would recommend people go and read? Well, I would really recommend The School of Life in general. So the book that I'm reading is um, called An Emotional Education. So there's a guy called Elaine de Botton, and he was a guy, I think he went to Oxford, and he was ridiculously smart, very academic, but his parents, from the gist that I get from him, were very emotionally unavailable. Right. And he was just thinking about, well, how do I deal with an, like, embarrassment or states anxiety, or how do I love my partner and all these kinds of things and he had all these questions and he studied philosophy and he knows you know all the greatest philosophers and references those and the book came out maybe like four weeks ago and as soon as it came out I pre-ordered it because the way that they write because basically it's him and somebody else but they have a lot of people that work for them but they all write the same so it okay. sounds like it's him and I think he's just done the introduction for this book right but there's just lots of information that you can take about how something that might have happened in childhood could affect you now, or mm-hmm. what we do as a society and what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, why things that, I guess, you know, it mentions like affairs and different things like that, and why people do that, and they're looking for connection, and, and the way people get chastised in different ways. So I definitely recommend that book, and if you know reading's not for you, you can always do audio book. Yeah. But also, the School of Life on YouTube have like three minute videos. Oh, cool! Of and if it's an area of your life you think, oh, I, you know, what about career? And then you hit a button on career, or like you know, why you'll marry the wrong person, hit that, and, and different things. And do shorts, and it's very easy to get involved with. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'll have to go and check that out. Definitely. Okay. Well, thank you very much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been really nice to chat again. Thank you very much.